You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's topic is entitled eBay or Obey. Hello my radio friends. I'm glad you've joined me today for more from God's Word, the Bible. You know, there are many things we take for granted without really knowing much about them. Take, for example, computers. Yes, we use them, and they are widely used in our lives even if we are not very computer, illit- uh, not very computer literate. They keep tab on our electricity use, and motor registration, medical records, and almost everything else. Despite that, most of us don't really know how they work. And the same goes for eBay. Some of us use it, but only know a little about it. And I'll share with you a brief history of where this now worldwide business began. eBay was created in September 1995 by a 22-year-old young man called Pierre Omidyar, who was living in San Jose. He wanted his site, then called AuctionWeb, to be an online marketplace and wrote the first code for it in one weekend. It was one of the first website sites of its kind in the world. The name eBay comes from his company name Echo Bay, and the eBay auction web was originally just one part of Echo Bay's website at ebay.com. The first thing ever sold on the site was Omidyar's broken laser pointer, which he got $14 for. From a humble beginning, working from home, Pierre Omidyar is now a multi-billionaire. His idea, an online business, has brought him almost instant success, and he's to be congratulated for his idea and drive. Of course, eBay has been the tool for others becoming hugely successful. These are the sellers, some of whom have made fortunes. Approximately 14% of everything sold worldwide is sold through eBay. eBay has brought financial success to Pierre Almadiar and many others. But it must be asked, is this success sufficient? Does it have long-term, long-lasting rewards? Dear listeners, it's my opinion that eBay does not bring about as good results as Obey. Perhaps you've been wondering if you've missed something. Is there a new company running in competition with eBay called Obey? Is it a public company and can you buy shares in it? Does it have listings on the stock market? And who is the company owner or director? Yes, it is in competition with eBay. It is not an exclusive business. 
and in a way you can have shares in it, and it certainly brings about excellent dividends. The owner of the company is Mr. I M. Who is Mr. I M? God proclaimed Himself to be I M. In Exodus chapter three is recorded the time. When God met Moses in the land of Midian, Moses had spent forty years in this hilly country as a shepherd after fleeing from Egypt. God revealed Himself in a burning bush and spoke to Moses, giving him his commission to go to Egypt and confront the king, also known as a pharaoh, to let all the Hebrew slaves go. It was. Almost similar to a Brexit situation, Moses asked God who he should say had sent him to the people, and the Lord said, and this is in verse fourteen, God said to Moses, "I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites: I am has sent me to you." Now there are some who question. Whether Jesus was God or just a good man, but do you realize that Jesus frequently used that same expression, "I am." When you read the various statements about himself, he often spoke of himself as "I am." I am the bread of life, he said. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. These are a sample of those claims Jesus made about himself. Jesus is part of the Godhead, and is just as much God as God the Father. So, therefore, the owner and director of Obey is the Lord. Have you ever thought about it that to obey is to have a choice? When you drop something, that object has no choice; it must fall down. Because gravity is acting on it, when you walk across a pedestrian crossing, you have the choice to go only when the walk sign flashes, or you can cross when the don't walk light flashes. It's your choice, mind you. Some choices can be hazardous, and may cause deep regrets afterwards. God gave mankind choice way back at creation. He put just one special tree in mankind's first home, the Garden of Eden. God told Adam and Eve not to touch that tree, which He called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Nor were they to eat the fruit from that tree. And you probably know that, encouraged by the devil in the form of a serpent, both Adam and Eve chose to eat the fruit. Although God had previously warned them that the choice would have very significant consequences, they would die. To obey has consequences, and disobey has its consequences. In Old Testament times, the most important and the highest expression of spirituality in the life of an individual. Involved making a sacrifice. When someone was convicted of their sins and wanted forgiveness, 
they would take one of their prize animals to the, to the tabernacle or later times temple, where various rites were performed and the animal would be slain and burnt. This was the means through which forgiveness was obtained. The animal's life was a substitute for the sinner's life. All those sacrifices were a shadow, a type, demonstrating the real thing, that is, of Jesus giving his life to save ours. Since those sacrifices represented Jesus, it is easy to understand that the supreme expression of consecrating one's self to God was to make sacrifices. The dedication of Solomon's temple, as recorded in 1 Kings 8, was probably the supreme event in the lives of the Israelite people since the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. All the people gathered together in Jerusalem. Their king, Solomon, stood up in front and prayed a long and fervent prayer, praising God and expressing the people's desire to honour and serve him. That done, sacrifices were made, not just one or two, but many. And I'll read from 1 Kings 8, verses 62 and 63. Then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices before the Lord. Solomon offered a sacrifice of fellowship offerings to the Lord, 22,000 cattle and 122,000 sheep and goats. So the king and all the Israelites dedicated the temple to the Lord. But keep that thought in mind. The highest expression of dedication to the Lord was to make a sacrifice. Solomon was Israel's third king. Now come back to the first king, Saul. There was a war going on between the Israelites and the Amalekites. Saul's army resoundingly defeated the animal, uh, the enemy. Previous to the battle, God had told Saul through Samuel the prophet to utterly destroy all those wicked Amalekites and all their livestock. But Saul thought it expedient to save the livestock and to offer the sheep, goats and cattle as a thank offering to the Lord for the victory. So he brought the stock back to Israel with the returning army. What I'm sharing with you now is from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 15, verses 13 to 16a. It says this, When Samuel reached him... King Saul. Saul said, The Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. But Samuel said, What then is this bleating of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? Saul answered, Oh, the soldiers brought them back from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God but we totally destroyed the rest. Stop, Samuel said to Saul. Verse 19 tells how Samuel berated uh, 
King Saul. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the sight of the Lord? But I did obey the Lord, Saul said. And then he went on to explain that his army had wiped out all the people, but not all the animals. You see, Saul had only half obeyed. Half obedience is not good enough. God requires total obedience. Then Samuel pronounced an indictment against Saul. In ver- you'll read that in verse 22. Samuel 15, verse 22. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than to sacrifice. Now, sacrifice was considered the highest expression of one's consecration and commitment to the Lord, right? But Samuel told Saul that there is something that's even higher, a higher expression of love and respect for the Lord, and that's to obey him. To obey is better than to sacrifice. Now, I want to apply what Samuel told Saul to our times. Imagine this scenario. The Jones family lives in a tidy street in a nice town. At the end of the street is a park with playground equipment for children. But there's a problem. Reports have circulated that a child molester, a pedophile, has been seen in this district. Parents have been advised to make sure their children are always accompanied by an adult when they are in any public place. Mrs Jones tells her four-year-old daughter, Katie, never to go to the park alone. One day, while Mr Jones is at work, Mrs Jones is at home and decides to wash the back windows of the house. Katie is bored and unnoticed goes outside and goes to the playground in the park to play. After 20 minutes, she comes home with a bunch of flowers in her hand and brings them to her mother, who's still out the back cleaning windows. Look, Mummy, she says, these flowers are for you. Thank you, dear, says Mummy. Where did you get them? Innocently, Katie beams up at her mother and replies, In the park. How would you expect Mrs Jones to react? Would she be pleased? No. She would be very distressed and probably angry that Katie put herself in danger after being told not to go to the park by herself. And you see... It's the same with God. He expects obedience. To obey is better than to sacrifice. We're going to have a short break and go on straight afterwards.
I'd like to suggest to you that the ultimate form of expression of anyone's appreciation or commitment or regard for God is through not sacrifice, but through obedience. In Hebrews 5 verses 8 and 9 is this statement, speaking at first about Jesus, and it says, Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered, and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And I'd like to put that in my own words. Jesus, the Son of God, learned the cost of obedience in dying for us on the cross. He became the means of salvation for those who obey him. You know, it's all very well to go to church and be inspired by great preaching and uplifting music. It's all very well to praise the Lord and feel good. It's all very well to say, I'm saved through the blood of my Lord. It's all very well to think that you are part of the kingdom of heaven. And it's all very well to do good to others and get a warm, fuzzy feeling from your good works. But that counts for very little, unless you are prepared to obey. It was all very well for Katie to bring her mother flowers, but what Katie's mum wanted was her obedience. In reality, and when analysed closely, what Katie did was to show contempt to her mother by disobeying her. And as Samuel pointed out to Saul, honouring God is more than just happy thoughts. Obedience is what counts. Have you ever considered that it shows contempt for God when we disobey him? And it also shows contempt when we decide to obey only in some things, but disregard him in other things. And it troubles me greatly that some of my Protestant friends think that partial obedience is acceptable to God. Yes, I have heard them declare that the Ten Commandments are valid and should all be kept. I've heard them say that we must keep all the commandments, and yet they completely disregard the Fourth Commandment which is very specific in its requirements. Further to that, the fourth commandment is about keeping the Sabbath holy. As well, it specifies how human beings should relate to and honour each other, and it specifies how we should relate to and honour God. And I feel flabbergasted when Sunday-keeping Christians claim they obey all those commandments, when they clearly are disobeying by substituting another day than the one God specified as the holy day. How do these people quieten their consciences when they read James chapter 2 and verse 10, which points out, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in just one point, is guilty in breaking all of it? 
Coupled with that is this statement in James 4.17. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Partial obedience is not good enough. It wasn't acceptable in King Saul's time. It wasn't acceptable in early New Testament times. And it's not acceptable now. God cannot be fooled. He knows perfectly well our commitment to him because it can be measured. It is measured by our obedience. We started out today with eBay. For PM Omidya, there were great rewards. But with Obey, there are even greater rewards. As Hebrews 5.9 points out, there are eternal rewards, meaning eternal life for those who obey God. Well, I just want to share with you a short story to finish today. One day, a pig and a chicken were talking together. The pig asked, What can we do for our master, Farmer John? He's always so kind to us. I don't know, replied the chicken, and they thought for a while. Then the chicken spoke up. I know, we could serve him bacon and eggs for breakfast. The pig thought some more and then said, Oh, sure, that's easy for you to say. For you it's a small sacrifice, but for me it's total commitment. Although this is a simple little illustration, it's all about what is required of us in the Christian life. Partial commitment means partial obedience. Total commitment requires total obedience. And I consider our obedience is an indicator of our faith. I also consider obedience to be an indicator of our fitness to receive eternal life. Jesus was totally committed to us human beings when he sacrificed himself that we might be saved. In appreciation of what he has done, our commitment, our obedience must be nothing less than total. So what is it to be? Are you committed to eBay, where you can buy stuff for your immediate pleasure that may last a short while? Or are you prepared to obey God, where the final rewards are eternal life and pleasure evermore? Are you prepared to say, Yes, Lord, I know what you want me to do, and if that's what you want, then by your grace, I'll do it. And that's the thought I wish to leave with you today. Is it eBay or is it obey? May God bless you, my friends, as you contemplate your own personal responses to God's grace and your reactions for what he has done for you.